podcast. Today we have Logan Langford from Lubbock, Texas. Logan is a sometime spouse owner and for over two years he has been doing handyman services in customers' homes. And these are a few things that have really popped up uh, when talking um, throughout the years with Logan, we've realized that a lot of people 40 and under really don't know how to take care of their home. So today we're talking about how to take 40 or we're ta starting out with 10. This is a series with Logan. And we're talking about 10 things that everyone 40 and under should know to do in their homes. But before we get started, I want you guys to know a little about this amazing business owner in Lubbock, Texas. His name is Logan Langford, and he owns Sometimes Spouse along with his wife in Lubbock, Texas. I want you to tell our listeners and viewers one fun fact about you, Logan. Uh, one fun fact, uh... People get a kick out of I'm a motorcycle rider. It's got short riding season out here in Lubbock, but uh, it's pretty good. It's a fun time getting out when it's time to do it. Do you wear one of those do-rag thingies around your head so your hair doesn't blow in the wind, or do you like your hair blowing in the wind? Well, I do wear one. Uh, I wear a half-shell helmet, a brown bucket, they call it. Um, so I have to wear that bandana just to take up a little more space inside that helmet, but it's just a necessity thing, not a style thing. Oh, so you're not riding for style. <laughs> no, not usually. I, I like my motorcycle. It looks cool, but I, you know, it's not about that. It's just about being on the road, you know? Yeah, and like the freedom you feel on a bike is not like anything I've ever felt before. Yeah, it really is. uh best thing I ever saw about riding a motorcycle is, you know, if you're in a car, you live your life looking at a screen, you know, your windshield in the car is a screen, you're looking at TV, but when you're on a motorcycle, you're in the picture, you're on the screen, you're in the show. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Logan, what did you do before owning a sometime spouse? Well, uh, something completely different. I was a nursing home administrator. Uh, I got into that after college, uh, took a few more classes, worked my way up in the nursing home, started out as a receptionist and uh, became the administrator and I worked for a couple of different companies, uh, went through some buyouts, that kind of thing and anyway, it's it's, uh, it's a pretty tough job, uh, you know, you just got to care for a lot of people 24-7 and be there and available and ready to go all the time and uh, just kind of wore me down and got me looking for something else and I, I don't think I could have found anything better than what I do now but it was it was a good life experience and you know really prepared me for everything I've come across as a sometimes spouse that is awesome and you actually do sometimes spouse along with your wife right oh yeah yeah it's it's been good it was good when I got in and then as soon as we were able to bring Amy in it's just been great yeah it's exploding like in a good way Oh, yeah, yeah, exploding, exploding, going big time, trying to, anyway. Awesome. So, is that how you met Amy? Was at the nursing home? Uh, kind of. Uh, we uh, got set up on a blind date. I worked with her cousin, and uh, she set us up, and we met at a little restaurant in Anson, Texas, called Peacocks, and there it was. That's a great story, Logan. <laughs> 
Love it. So you work with a lot of homeowners, helping them with their honeydews around the house. And you've noticed several things that kind of pop up. I remember when I was a kid in Walker, Missouri, that um, I stayed at my grandma's house on the farm a lot. And it always seemed like something would go out. I think it was like a sup pump or even something within the toilet that you couldn't flush the toilet. And there was nine cousins always at Grant's house. And like you had to flush the toilet. Like you couldn't just let that stuff linger because there was nine little kids. So what can a homeowner do if they can't flush their toilet because the sup pump goes out or something goes wrong with the city. What can you do? Oh, well, I've actually experienced this with the house um, just where the water lines would freeze. And just because the water doesn't come in doesn't necessarily mean that it won't go out. So when you have that in the toilet, you know, it's good practice to just have some emergency water jugs or something just around the house. So anyway, you know, when you're in that situation and the water's not coming into the toilet to flush it, you can always get you a bucket, you know, if you have water somewhere else, it's maybe just not going to the toilet, or if you have your emergency water and, you you know, you're able to kind of tap into that, um, then, yeah, you just fill that bowl up. You know, you can use a five-gallon bucket or, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, just fill that bowl up, and then when it gets enough water in it, it'll just flush it all out. You know, it's kind of doing it manually. That is amazing to know, just in case you got a lot of little kids and you got to flush that toilet and there's no pump action going. Oh, yeah. That's great. Now, another thing a lot of people don't know that are 40 and under is that you actually have to clean out your dryer vents. How do you clean out your dryer vents and why is it important? So, it's, it's really important on your dryer vents just because it can actually start a fire, uh, I don't, we should have looked up a statistic about how many home fires are caused by that, but I know the number is, is larger than you would think. Um, you, know, you can get some tools and things like that that will attach to a drill, and you can run it through that vent. If your uh, dryer is centrally located in the house, you probably have a really long dryer vent, and that's when you need those tools. But a lot of the times, if it's near a wall and that's where the lint exits, then uh, you just have to make sure all your flaps working, and you can usually just stick your hand in there and pull out whatever you need to. Another thing, growing up in Missouri, like we would have a bad winter, whereas in Waco, we don't necessarily have much of a winter. I know you guys have them in Lubbock, but I remember as a kid that uh, my parents would put uh, towels along the exterior doors because that wind was just so terrible in the winter months. What, how can you stop that kind of door... Um, door leaks from the uh, weather coming in. Do you guys have that problem in Lubbock too? Oh yeah, Lubbock, Lubbock is a very, very windy place, uh, irregardless of the season. You know, it's not nice to have cold air blowing in or hot wind. And it's all a work in a pinch, you know, but that's not something that's really lasting. Every time you open the door, it moves, gets bunched up and that kind of stuff. But the best thing to do would be to get you some weather stripping, that comes in several different varieties. You can get the pill and stick kind. You can get the kind that fits in the door frame. Uh, there's also some screw-on types that go on the bottom of the door. And then the, the door sweep, they, they make one now where you can just add a door sweep to an older door. Um, and all you need to do, they're made out of plastic. They're easy to saw. 
you just fit it to the door and you just kind of clip it on the bottom. Some of them screw in and some of them just hold themselves. Wow. I remember the peel and stick kind when my parents both got their RN degrees because we were po before they got their college degrees because they were paying for college. But um, I remember that peel and stick kind and I always liked at the end of the season to go and pull it off. Well, could have just left it on there for next year, I guess, but you know, peace there. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, one thing that We've been talking about it sometimes, spouse headquarters, and Amy and I actually talked about earlier this week. I don't know if she told you, but one thing we've been talking about with that coronavirus is to stop licking doorknobs because that's definitely how you could get the coronavirus is going around licking doorknobs. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure, any any sanitary thing you do. I'm not well equipped for the coronavirus with my beard because I know that's the big concern is having that mask down you, but... I guess I'm on team Surgeon general that says not to freak out and stop buying up all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So what if you have a doorknob that's loose? I mean, totally different subject, but don't lick the doorknobs. That's not going to help. But how can you fix a, a loose doorknob? <laughs> I guess you could find out if it was loose while licking it. That would be the best thing to do. Um, really, doorknobs are pretty simple. There's usually just a couple of screws. Some of them, especially interior doorknobs, will have a cover that's over those screws. And you usually don't need more than just like a flathead screwdriver. You pop that off and it'll expose the screws. Just, uh, you know, get you a Phillips or whatever kind of screwdriver you need and tighten those up and put your cover back on if you want to. That is awesome. Now, one thing, it's getting summertime. We've actually been mowing our lawn since January, I believe. I think it might have been the end of December that we had our lawn getting mowed. But we don't mow our own lawns anymore. And I'll tell you exactly why, Logan. I came home one day from work, and my husband, Max, he's bald. He's about 6'4 and bald. And he had this big, long cut on his head. And I said, what happened? And he goes, nothing, nothing. And I'm like, no, you got to tell me what happened. I won't, I won't say anything to anybody. And he goes, no, I don't want to really discuss it. And so in asking the children what happened, he'd been sharpening some lawnmower blades on the back of his truck. Somehow he was sharpening it. It came loose and it cut his head. Like, it wasn't a bad cut, but it was a cut big enough. There's still probably a scar there if I started looking. But he was sharp, sharpening the lawnmower blades in the wrong way. And Almost uh, sling bladed himself, huh? Yeah. Killed him with the lawnmower blade. Yep. So you have to ask him about it next time you see him, Logan. I will, I will. But yeah, no, they're, I mean, that's good to serve them. They're kind of expensive to replace, you know, so... If you want to save some money, you can do it in the safe way, but you want to get those off and you want to use a vice and really tighten that vice up where they don't move around, you know, and hopefully you don't wind up uh, chopping your head. But yeah, you can use the file and just shine them up. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the way to go about trying to save a buck. But if you can do like y'all now and just get your yard mode, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, and, like, I think that that was the important thing. There was no vice involved. Like, he had the thing to sharpen it, but he was just doing it on the bed of his truck, and it came loose and pop. Yeah. That whole uh, hand vice doesn't work that great all the time. No, I wonder how many people die of lawn mower blade sharpening in the United States every year. Mercy. I don't even know. That'd be an interesting stat. Yeah. 
Um, I, I definitely need to look that up and share it with Max. Oh, I bet it's a couple. I mean, <laughs> vending machines kill so many people every year, you know, so I'm sure lawnmower blades are more dangerous than that. <laughs> yeah, um, I know that you do a lot of paint touch-ups in the Lubbock area. I know we do a lot of them in the Waco area. How can you do paint touch-ups without having to really get everything out and making a huge mess and having to clean it up? Sure. Well, preferably, you just call sometimes spouse and we'll take care of that for you. But if you want to DIY it, the good thing to do is just get you your paint. You know, usually homeowners, especially new houses, have just all this paint just laying around. So just go ahead and get that out. Get you an old boss rag. Just dab it in there. Kind of dab it on the wall. It'll match the texture a little bit. It'll, it'll look okay. You know, it may not make it go away. We'll never see it again. But it, it'll be better than, you know, just nothing or, or using too fine of a brush and then it's real flat you know but if you use that rag it'll have a little texture to it that is and then you just throw your rag away that is awesome that is super simple paint touch up there wow oh, yeah. um, and you're right about that texture because so many of them you miss the texture when you use the brush this way you cut out the retexturing yeah that you know you definitely notice that spot when somebody's just done it flat with just a flat brush or you know it's just a not a very good sheetrock patch it's something pretty common if you look around especially around those doorknobs yeah don't lick them <laughs> um now i've got two daughters um and then me and we all have longer hair my girls have hair all the way down their back and it seems like our our clog our drains get clogged all the time so what's a good tip to unclog a drain in your house so you don't have to call a plumber who can be over a hundred dollars an hour oh sure i mean uh the best thing to do in the tools some people have around and they're not real expensive at home depot you can go get you a, a simple one be a drain snake that hooks on a drill you can run that down but if you don't have that if you have a shop back you can put that over the drain, you know, get you rags or tape it down around that drain so that the suction is better. And then you just put it on it. And if you're lucky, it'll just suck all that hair up in your shop back. You don't want to do this with your just home vacuum. Obviously, you need a shop back for that. But, yeah, I mean, that's something to work in a pinch. Another thing that I don't do anymore is I do not park in the garage because I have a Toyota Sequoia and every time I park in the garage I found that I hit the wall or I don't park in far enough and then um the the garage door comes down and that's not good either on it so I just don't park in there anymore even though I'd really like to do you have any tips for that Oh, yeah, there's a real simple thing for that. You know, you just, you want to know the length of the car, if it's even going to fit in the space. Like you now, just don't even park in there. But if you want to get in there, if you have a car that'll fit, just get a tennis ball and hang that from the ceiling where when your car is in the right spot, your windshield just kind of bumps that tennis ball for you hit anything else and damage something. You know where your car's at. You know the door's going to shut. You just got to measure everything first and get it in the right place. That is super easy. I'm going to have to definitely tell Max Ogle about that one. He probably already knows, but just didn't want to do it. Maybe I can rent <laughs> yep. a spouse from Sometimes Spouse. Always available. What about um, 
Gaps around outlets. I've been told that um, some of the elements from outside can come into the house from, through those gaps and outlets. How can you fix that simple thing around your house? It's really something to help you with your electricity bill. I mean, think about all the outlets and switches and things that are around your house. Those are all potential sources where you're losing your air conditioning or heating. So what you do there, just take the outlet cover plate off, and then you'll see the gap that's around the, the gang box that's inside the wall. And then you just use some expanding foam. Just be careful, and you just fill up that gap that's around the sheetrock and then the gang box. Fill that up. You put your cover back on. You don't even see the foam after that. Looks good, and it's just an easy way to save you on your electric bill. Wow. I never even thought about the electric bill. That probably would make quite a difference, especially where you guys are, where the weather and temperature swings back and forth. But even in Waco, um, because we get that extreme kind of heat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're uh, getting, you know, we call this uh, full spring is going on right now, and then we're getting ready for third winter. So, yeah, we need to get that house even more weatherproofed. I just learned so much about the Hub City when I talked to you guys. <laughs> Uh, I saw something here that says, well, Lubbock in Texas actually has 12 seasons. You know, I'm not going to go through them all, but it's, yeah, about spring is really just alternating between winter and summer. You know, like today, it's supposed to be 70 and sunny, but two days ago, it was like 15 cloudy. So, yeah, it's just wild swings all the time here. It is, it is. Now, we get called a lot for leaky faucets. What are a couple of just quick tips if you have a leaky faucet? So a leaky faucet or even a, a faucet that is not, the water doesn't come out of it like it's supposed to be, what you want to start with is take off the uh, basket that's at the end of the faucet. You use, make sure you use a rag and then a pair of pliers to twist that off, and then you'll see that little basket. You can soak it in vinegar. You know, I, I think a lot of people have seen the tip about cleaning your shower head. It can work the same on the faucet. Soak that little basket in some vinegar, get you a little toothbrush or something, brush it out good, put it back on, and water should be flowing good again. You know, but leaky faucets can be several things. Um, you got to check the cartridges and all that kind of stuff, but that, that uh, basket on the end there can be a lot of problems, and that's just a pretty easy, quick fix on that one. Wow, you have given us 10 amazing tips today on the podcast. But at the end of every podcast, I like to ask a fun question. So this is kind of an oddball one, but I've asked Amy it before. So you should have heard it before. Logan, you're stranded on a desert island, but all of your human needs are met. You've got all the food, all the water that you need. What are two things that you would take with you that would make the time on the desert island a little bit more fun? Am I by myself? Depends. Or can one of the things I bring be Amy, I guess? So with that, how about That's Amy a human need, a, right? That's a human need. Amy and a ping pong table. Amy? You know, we'll be okay. And a ping pong table. Yeah. You're a something ping pong You gotta have something to do, right? You, you got food and water, but you gotta have these activities or you're just bored you know <laughs> that is awesome well thank you for being a part of the uh, ask an expert and giving us 10 home tips to um do on your home and know about before you're 40 uh thank you for joining us logan i appreciate your time thank you thanks for having me i mean this this stuff is important i'm 32 so i guess that makes me an older millennial 
But I've found that people that are around my age or younger doesn't seem like they've ever come across these things. You know, it's just something we need to try to get the word out about. And that's what I want to help you do with these podcasts. That is awesome. Thank you very much. How do they get a hold of you, Logan, if they're in the Lubbock area or East, West Texas area? Well, yes, ma'am. West Texas, uh, just give us a call, 806-476-0731. We do free estimates. So we'll be out and check out what you need and, uh, you know, we can get you taken care of. Awesome. Thank you very much. And we will be talking to you again soon. Cool. Sounds great. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Sometimes Spouse Podcast. This has been Ask an Expert with Logan in Lubbock.